Happy Hanukkah, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. Enjoying your latkes and enjoying the holiday. So we're gonna con- we're gonna start today because yesterday we didn't record. So we're gonna start 21b. The two dots. Amar Chizki. Chizki says, Minayin. How do we know lechametz bePesach? How do we know that you're not allowed to benefit from Pesach from the chametz on Pesach? Now there is a lone opinion they are allowed to benefit from chametz, but we hold that you're not allowed to benefit from chametz. Not only aren't you allowed to eat it, not only do you have to get rid of it, you're not allowed to benefit from it. Like we learned, you're not allowed to, even while you're getting rid of it, you can't, let me burn, use it as fuel to, to, to bake something. Not allowed to. How do we know this? So he says, Chizki says, it says in the Pesach, it doesn't say you shouldn't eat chametz. It says, chametz should not be eaten. Meaning, that you shouldn't, you're not allowed to do anything that will lead you to eating. If you benefit from it, if you sell it and you make money, what are you going to do with the money? You're going to spend the money to buy, uh, to buy food. So you're benefiting from the chametz. It's leading you, it's causing you to eat, to enjoy, to benefit. You can't, in other words, you can't, the cham, not only aren't you allowed to eat the chametz, you're not allowed to do anything with the chametz that will lead you to eating. So if I'm going to benefit from the chametz, I'm going to use it to burn my ovens. I'm saving money. Instead of, instead of coal, instead of purchasing coal, I'm saving money. I'm, I'm burning my bread and I'm using it as coal, as fuel. What are you going to do with that money? You're going to spend it to eat. You can't so like, to the animals either. Like, right. So you, well, but the principle, I can't do anything that will lead to eating. In other words, I can't benefit from right, it. So right, any right. benefit, right? right. That's how Chizki alerts. You're telling me only because the Torah uses an unusual expression. It doesn't say don't eat chametz. Like it says everywhere else in the Torah, don't eat. It says no, chametz should not be eaten. But in time, but if it wouldn't state it as loyachil, I mean, I would think it's mashma. If it would say regularly, normally, the way it says in the whole Torah, don't eat chametz, loyachil chametz. I wouldn't derive. I would only know you're not allowed to eat. I wouldn't know you're not allowed to benefit. I wouldn't know you're not allowed to benefit. The Torah says don't eat. Doesn't say don't benefit. Don't eat it exactly. So pligad rabavur. Chizki is arguing in rabavur. Dom rabavur. Rabavur says kol makom shnei maloyoich loytoich loytoich. Whatever the Torah says, don't eat in any form, shape. Loytoich 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 lo echad yisrachil vechad yisandom mashma. The Torah includes don't eat, but it includes also don't benefit from it. Until actually, until the Torah makes the exception and spells out, you are allowed to benefit from it. Like in the carcass, in the carcass of a, of a carcass of an animal that wasn't slaughtered. So not only aren't you, but you're not allowed to eat from that animal. But the Torah spells out, I'm allowed to benefit from it. Tais was asked if you're going to tell me according to Chizkiah that wherever it says don't eat, it also includes don't benefit from it. What happens if you eat chametz and Pesach? What's your penalty? You get karas. Your soul gets cut off. So you're going to say, according to Chizkiah, you're saying that benefit, benefiting is included in eating. So you're going to say the same thing. If one benefits from chametz and Pesach, you're going to get karas. Your life will get, uh, your soul will get cut off. No, you can't say that. Because later on, the Gemara is going to ask, what's the difference, what's the practical difference between Chizkiah and Rabavua? Whether I learn it out because it says, or I learn it out because whatever it says don't eat, it includes. So why doesn't the Gemara answer? There's a huge difference. According to Chizkiah, you don't get karis. Right. 
you don't get karis for for benefiting. So the Torah says, "Ki kol oichel chametz." Whoever eats chametz, your soul gets cut off. Chizkiyah says, "Kol oichel." Whoever eats includes also benefits. Are you telling me the Torah is telling me that if you benefit, you get life gets cut off? So Torah says, "No." According to so obviously, according to everyone, you don't get karis, because it's one thing. Chizkiyah says when it says, "Don't eat," don't eat in the plural. It's all included. But when it says kikol oichel, whoever eats there, everyone agrees that it means literally whoever is eating it, not who who is benefiting from it. Okay, so how do we know the the tanya? Because we learn the brayse leitoich lu kol nevela lagera shebesherechet nenavach cholim machlon. It says you're not allowed to eat a carcass, an animal, even a kosher animal, a kosher animal that wasn't slaughtered properly and it just died or you killed it without slaughtering it. So it's a carcass. You're not allowed to eat from it. What do you do with it? Give it to the convert that's in you, that's allowed to live in your gates, right. a, a righteous Gentile who converted to the, become a, a Noahide. He's allowed to live in the land of Israel, so right. give it to him. He's, right. He doesn't have to eat kosher. He just accepted his belief in Hashem. Shev right? yeah. So give it to him. Oh, one second. It says, what should you do with it? You should give it, give it as a present. Give it to the convert. Or sell it to a non-Jew. Right. Now, ainly, I would think, I would say, you must give it away as a gift to the convert, the the the, the Noahide, or the to a non-Jew. You must sell it. You can't give it as a gift. How do we know And how do we know that I can also sell it to the convert? I'm not, I'm, I'm not obligated to give it to him as a gift. I don't have to give him a free gift. It says to the convert in your in your in your gates who's living in your community you can give it to him or you can sell it to him how do we know that a non-Jew if I want I can give him a gift it says no, you read it both ways it says so you can read it to the what to the previous word, ligar right. to the convert either give it a gift or sell it to him, and you could also read it goes on the last word either give it as a gift or sell it to a nonju. So we learn from here whether he's a Noahite or he's a goy. Have an option, either one. I can give them as a gift. I can sell it to them. That's the opinion of Rameh. That's how he interprets the verse. Yudeh, and argues. He says, no. The Vadim Kiksavim, take the title literally. Lager binesina. To the convert, you can't sell to the convert. You must give it to him as a gift. Or the Nachri, and to the non-Jew, to the, to the Noahide convert, he's allowed to eat the carcass. He doesn't have to eat kosher. Or the Nachri, and to the non-Jew, bimchira. To the non-Jew, you have to sell it. My time at Rabbi Yudeh. What's the reasoning of Rabbi Yudeh? Because if you're going to say to the Amr Abmeir, like Abmeir says, so then, what's the reason of Rabbi Yehuda? If Rabbi Meir is right, then Lichtiv Rachmana, the Torah should write, like Gerosh Abasharach Atitnen, Vachalo. You should give it 
to the Ger Taishav, give it, and he should eat it. Um Why does it say Oi Macher Lenach? Shmami no, the Dvanu Kiksav. Oi is to separate. Either you give it to the Ger Taishav or you sell it to the guy. But they don't go together. The Oi separates it. Shmami no, the Dvanu Kiksav. Rameir says no. Oi, why does it say Oi? Why doesn't he say Umbacher? Everybody's asking a good question. She says, Titnena, Umbacher, give and sell. Why oi, or? So he says, Amir will tell you, oi, lahakdim nesina That your first option should be, yes, Amir says, Amir says, yes, you could sell to a convert, a ger But the Taita is telling you that, that, that the giving for free, giving as a gift to a ger precedes, takes precedence over selling to a guy. That should be your 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 preference. Yeah. If you have a convert to give it to, and you have a guy to sell it to, so better give it to the guy than sell uh, to the ger than give it to to the guy. Better to give it to the convert? Yeah. Yeah, well, he's, he's on his way to full, full acceptance of guidance. Yeah, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, what will he say? Maybe the oi, what's his proof from oi? Maybe oi, maybe the mayor is right, correct. The oi is there just to tell me which takes precedence. But really, I can do both. I can sell to a ger and I can give to an anandra. But holy tzedakah, but we will say, you don't need a pasuk for that. So therefore, you have an obligation to Lachiyose to help him live. Right. So I know that, of course, he takes precedence, and he's like a brother. He's not—he's not a Jew, but he's like a fellow. He's a Abba. says you have to make sure that he lives. You have to take care of him. Someone is still worshiping idols who doesn't acknowledge Hashem. You're not obligated Lachiyose. We're not living in the same universe. For that, you don't need a pause. So maybe oh, you don't need a pasuk for that. This idea that better give the guy the the ger and that takes precedence over selling to the guy, that I would I would understand it logically. Svaru, I don't need a pasuk for that. Although maybe every time in general, a person should rather give things away for free than do business. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, he says it's a svarda. You don't need a pasuk with that. So why does the pasuk say oi? The pasuk is coming to tell me no specifically that you must, you must give a gift to a ger teishav. You shouldn't sell it to him. Don't do business with him in that way. Don't make money on this carcass. Give it to him. And for a guy, don't give it to him free. Don't give it to him as a gift. Sell it to him. Okay. So that's the brayz. Talking about a bish, So it's all well and good according to Rabbi Meir. The Amr says, "Echad gev, echad nachri, beim b'mechida, beim minasina." So it's the kral the mission available. No, why does the Torah have to teach me that I'm allowed to benefit from a carcass? 
why? I mean, I don't need a pasuk to tell me. If you tell me I can benefit from a carcass, I can do whatever I want with it. I can sell it. I can do business with it. I can earn money with it. Why does the pasuk have to tell me? So it's a call, a mission available. No, this teaches me that whenever the tater says don't eat it, it means don't eat and don't benefit. So the tater has to spell out, in this case, is the exception. In the case of the carcass, the tater is spelling out, you are allowed to benefit. Rabbi Huda is telling me, no, the reason why the Torah has to spell it out, really I'll tell you that the whole Torah, when the Torah says don't eat, it means literally don't eat. There's no prohibition on not benefiting from it. Why does the Torah then have to spell out that I'm allowed to give it away to the ger, to the convert, and I'm allowed to sell it to Andrew? Because he's Torah coming to teach me that I, I'm not allowed to sell to the convert and I'm not allowed to give a free gift to the non-Jew. So how do I learn from here? How does Avu Rabbavu learn from this? That whenever it says in the Torah, don't eat, it means don't eat and don't benefit. I can't know it from this case. Because if, if the Torah means don't eat, the Torah means uh, don't benefit, the Torah already says don't eat. Why does the Torah have to spell out that you're allowed to give it, you're allowed to give it to the non sell it, give it to the convert, the non-Jewish convert, and uh, sell it to the, uh, to the idolater? Because the Torah has to teach me. It's not a proof. Torah has to teach me that I'm half, I must give it as a gift to the non-Jewish convert and I have to give it as a... Uh, I have to sell it to the to, to the idolater. So then according to Rabbi Yehuda, how does Rabbi Vua learn that ever the Torah says don't eat it means also you're not allowed to benefit? So the Gemara answers, Nafkalei, he learned it out from a different Pasuk. It says, It says, if there's a defective animal, defective animal, which is not, even if you slaughter it, you can't eat from it, it's not healthy, it's defective. So Tater says, throw it to your dog. So why does it say, Oisai? is extra. It says, it says throw it to the dog. Oisai, it, you should throw it to the dog. It's coming to teach me. Oisai at the mashle. We're on top of 22a. Oisai at the mashle chlekele. At the mashle chlekele, call the surnership Only this case does the Torah allow you to benefit from it by feeding your dog. But you're not allowed to, uh, all the other places in the Torah, when the Torah says don't eat, you're not allowed to benefit from it. I, I, I thought that what we're learning is from the fact that I already know is Sirhana would be forbidden. And because the Torah had to then tell us in that case of Nevela, I have the option of doing anything else with it. Right, but that's only a proof according to Mayor. According to Rabbi Yehuda, no, I need the Torah to tell me not that I'm allowed to benefit from it, that I would know even if the Torah wouldn't say anything. I need to tell me that I'm not allowed to sell it to a Ger Toshav. I'm obligated to, to help him live. I have to give him a gift. And I'm not allowed to give it as a gift to, 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 a, to, to an idolater. Oh, from the Oi? Yeah. So no, but no, but that, that's why the Titus is coming to tell me. That's, okay. that, that's the whole purpose. Why the, why the Titus is coming to tell me? Titus has, even according to the mayor, the mayor said that Oi is coming to teach me that first my preference should be the, the, uh, the Gary Taisha. So maybe that's why the Titus is to, to teach me. Doesn't, Taita doesn't have to teach me I'm allowed to benefit from it. Maybe I, I know when a Taita says don't eat, it only means don't eat. It doesn't include not benefiting. Why does the Taita have to t- allow me to benefit, to give a gift or to sell it? Because Taita is telling me to give preference. The Taita says, no, for that I wouldn't need a Pasuk. That, that, that's logical, since he's a convert and right. he's a chayim, or, uh, you know, he's, he has an obligation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
So according to Rabbi Yehuda, you learn that from Oisoya to Mashal Only in this case does the Torah allow you to benefit from it. Yet Mashal Akel comes from Torah. Whatever the Torah says don't eat, you're not allowed to uh, benefit from Nothing it. Nothing else. Okay, Rabbi Meir. According to Rabbi Meir, that we will learn that you're not allowed to benefit. When the Torah says don't eat, don't benefit. I learned it from the case of the carcass. Why does the Torah have to tell me in the case of the defective animal, the Trefa Oisoy? What, what, what does that come to teach me? Rameyer will say, Oisei at the Mashal Echel. Torah is coming to teach me that Oisei at the Mashal Echel. At the Mashal Echel, Chul and Shenishchutu Bazarah. Only, only this, only this type of Trefa. Right, right. Because Trefa, in a broader sense, Trefa also means it says Basar Basada Trefa. So anything we learn out, anything that's outside of its Mechitza, anything that's outside of its boundary, is called Trefa. So Chulin, which is or you slaughter in the temple, it's outside its boundary. Chulin, a non-sacred animal, you're not allowed to bring into the temple. It doesn't belong in the temple. You have to slaughter it outside of the temple, distance from the temple. You're bringing it inside the temple, it's leaving its boundaries. So, basu basada trefa means anything that's outside of its boundary. So, anything that's outside of its boundary, so I, as I, I would think in that case, I'm allowed to benefit from it. The Titus says I'm not allowed to eat from it. But, but I'm allowed to benefit from it. So Teresa says, no, oisoi, only this type of trefa, only this type of trefa, well, literally, it's, a, it's an effective animal, that type of trefa I'm allowed to benefit, I can throw it to, to the dogs. But another type of trefa, where the Torah prohibits me to eat from it, if an animal, a regular animal, a non-sacred animal was, was slaughtered, glad kosher, in the temple, you're not allowed to eat from the animal. So the Torah tells me, not only am I not allowed to eat from the animal, I'm not allowed to, eat to even benefit from it. Only can I benefit from it by feeding your dog. But this type of treifa, according to Rabbi Huda, you said that Oise comes to teach me that only, only in the treifa, in this case, I'm allowed to benefit from it. But everywhere else, when the Torah says something is forbidden, not only is it forbidden to eat, it's also forbidden to benefit. So how do I know that non-sacred animal that was slaughtered in the temple, then I'm not allowed to benefit from it. He'll tell you, You're right, it's only rabbinically prohibited. You're right. Really, you are allowed to eat from it. Really, you are allowed. I don't have any pasuk to teach me I'm not allowed. So Rashi says that, it's, that it, when he says biblical, biblically, he only means biblically allowed to benefit from it. Biblically, I'm not allowed to eat from it. But I don't have a pasuk that teaches me to exclude that I'm not allowed to, that I'm not allowed to benefit from it. He said, biblically, I am allowed to benefit from it. But, uh, but rabbinically, I'm not allowed to. Taiswa says, no, that even biblically, according to Rabbi Huda, I'm even allowed to eat from it. It's b'chal not today, but b'chal not, it's not asr, it's not prohibited. The whole prohibition of a, of a, of a, sacred an, a non-sacred animal that's slaughtered in the temple, I'm not allowed to eat from it and benefit from it, that whole thing is rabbinic. So I can't have a verse trying to teach me oisoy that I'm not that uh, in that case I'm not allowed to benefit from it. According to the Torah, I'm even allowed to eat from it. So the oisoy comes to teach me that only in this case the Torah prohibited you only from eating, but you're allowed to benefit from it. Anywhere else in the Torah, when the Torah prohibits something, it includes also the prohibition of even benefiting. From it. Okay, that's the discussion. Master Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak, has. Now Rabbi Yitzchak Nafka is going to ask an Abavu. We learned 
sciatic nerve that Achmana Amar Akenli Yochel Bnei Yisrael is given nosh. You're not allowed to eat. Teddy says clearly, don't eat. You're not allowed to eat. And with Nan, we learn the Mishnah, a person is allowed to give a gift, send a thigh to a non Jew, including the Gidan Why? Why aren't you worried that the Jew sees you giving it away to the non Jew? And maybe he'll buy it from the non Jew. And the Jew will come to eat from the sciatic nerve. He'll assume that probably you removed the sciatic nerve when indeed you didn't. Why aren't you? And so the mission tells you you're not worried about that. Why aren't we worried for that? Because if he would have removed the sciatic nerve, it would be very obvious that he cut it open, cut open the thigh and removed the nerve. So there's no way you're going to make a mistake. The Jew will go buy it from the non-Jew. He'll see that, that it wasn't, uh, it's uncut, so he, he'll, he'll take care of it. You're not going to lead the Jew to eating, God forbid, eating from the sciatic nerve. That's what they do in a commercial. But what do we see from here? But I'm allowed to benefit from it. I'm giving him as a gift. Yeah. You, Rabbi Vua said, whenever the Torah says, when it includes not only aren't you're not allowed to eat from it, not allowed to even benefit from it. The Mishnah says clearly, I'm allowed to benefit from a gid I'm allowed to eat him, I'm allowed to benefit. I'm giving him as a gift. So he says, so your mother answers, when the Torah says that the exception, the carcass, is the exception, so it's, it includes every part of the carcass. He, the carcass itself, the it's fat, the it's veins. So therefore, it's included in the exception. The Torah makes an exception. And that's how we learn whenever the Torah says you don't eat, it includes, means also you're not allowed to benefit from it. The fact that the Torah has to make an exception. So that's included in the exception. The sciatic nerve is part of the exception that I'm allowed to benefit from it. This makes sense according to the Mandom, according to the opinion that holds Yesh Begidim Benoisin Tam, that the sciatic nerve has a taste. Gives a flavor. Gives a flavor. So if you say it has a flavor, then you can say it makes sense. It's included in the carcass. So when the tater makes an exception, I'm allowed to benefit from the carcass, it means the edible part of the carcass. The part of the carcass has a flavor. But if it's like a bone, it's like a piece of wood, it's not food, it has no flavor, the tater says you're not allowed to eat from it, even though it's not really food. So, how, so it's not included in the exception. I can't automatically assume that it's included in the exception. So you might answer, it's a good question, but who is the opinion that holds that, that the Gidin have no flavor. It's Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon Ba'echoi, the Tanya, we learn the Braise. A person eats from a sciatic nerve of a non-kosher animal. So he's obligated for two things. Because no, A, he ate from a, non, a non-kosher animal. That's one prohibition. He has to get lashes for that. And secondly, two sets of lashes. And secondly, he ate from the Gidin Nasha. Taylor says now he eats from the Gidin Nasha. Rab Shimon Poiter. Rab Shimon says you're exempt of any lashes. Why? Because Rab Shimon holds that the prohibition of not eating the sciatic nerve is only on kosher animals. Because the Torah says don't eat the, the, the sciatic nerve, but everything else I am allowed to eat. It's only an animal where everything else you are allowed to eat. An animal where no part of the animal you can eat is not included. 
Okay, so, you, so we understand there's no prohibition of the sciatic nerve. But why don't you get a prohibition for eating a non-kosher animal? Because the sciatic nerve has no flavor. It's not called eating meat. I didn't violate the prohibition of eating. It's not called eating. So Rabbi Shimon holds that the sciatic nerve is not flavor. Yet the Torah says if it's a kosher animal, if I eat it, even though it's like eating a piece of wood, the Torah says you, you, you get lashes because you're not allowed to eat from it. But, it, but it, inherently, innately, it's like it has no flavor. So a non-kosher animal, it's not a, there's no prohibition of the sciatic nerve in a non-kosher animal, and it's not considered like I ate from a non-kosher animal. It's not, it's not flesh, it's not no taste. So we, according to him, we can eat a non-kosher animal because it tastes like, like dirt or something? No, on the sciatic nerve is like, it's like a piece of wood. Sciatic yeah, nerve okay. has no taste. Only the tasteless part of a non-kosher animal. Yeah, all that You're asking if you lose your, your sense of taste? Like if you have corona and you, you can no longer <laughs> smell or taste anything, and you don't taste any food and you don't smell, he's saying there's no prohibition of eating a non-kosher animal. No, I doubt that. Since February, I've been living with the bubonic plague, which is even better, you know. I got a better so, so therefore, who is this opinion? Rabbi Shimon Bayechoi, right? So Rabbi Shimon Hachinami, Rabbi Shimon holds, you're right, Rabbi Shimon holds that you indeed you're not allowed to benefit from the sciatic nerve. Not only aren't you allowed to eat the sciatic nerve, you're not allowed to eat benefit from it. Where do we see this? Etanya, we learn the Braise. Gidanosha, Mutabano, the Rabbi Huda, what does he allowed to benefit from the Gidanosha? Like we learned earlier, you're allowed to give it to as a gift to your best friend, the non Jew. Rabbi Shimon says you're not allowed to. Yeah. So the Rabbi Shimon Taki says, according to Rabbi Shimon, it's not included in the exception of Nevela, and therefore it's like anything else in the Torah. It says, don't eat, it means also don't benefit. Okay. We continue asking the Torah says, we learn that the blood from the temple, the remaining blood, from the from the and the inner chattis offerings, from both offerings, they would sprinkle the blood in the temple, right? And they would pour it down, pour it down the special uh, place. They would take it all the way down on the horns, the chattis. They would spill it on the horns, and they had it went all the way down on the on the base of the altar. So they would. Uh, they in the canal and they go out. Right, there. right. Yeah. They, they would pour it down. It would go. It would go down into the, into the canal, and the canal would lead it out to, to the Nachal Kidra. Yeah. It was poured on the base, and there were two holes on the base, and from there they flowed into the channel called the Amma. It was like a which channel which lead out to the valley, Kidron Valley, yeah. the south of the temple. So he says, so the Bryce, the Mishnah says, they would sell this blood, to gardeners, for fertilizer. And only then could you use it. They would sell it if you paid the kacha, if you paid the temple treasury. Once you pay the temple treasury, it's like you redeemed it from the possession of the, of the temple. Right. Now you're allowed to use it. Now the money becomes sacred and the blood I can use for fertilizer. But if you don't sell it, if you don't buy it, it, if you just take it, you don't buy it, the Merlimba, it's Meila. You're not allowed to use right. the temple treasury for your own, for your own personal, right. personal benefit. Uh-huh. So we see clearly, I'm allowed to benefit from it. Uh-huh. You're buying it, you're allowed to use it. 
even though the tater says don't need blood, you're saying whenever the tater says don't need, it also includes don't benefit. It had to be the best fertilizer ever, huh? <laughs> holy, holy fertilizer. <laughs> holy your mother, no, but yeah. the, no, but when you bought it, it was no longer holy. The holiness is gone. Well, yeah, but it started but it, out. It started out. Yeah. Your mother, shiny dam, blood, blood is different. The iskash lemayim, blood, the tater compares to water. The chesivet says, loytechlenu. You're not allowed to eat blood. You should spill it, the blood out. You're not allowed to eat when you slaughter an animal outside the temple. A regular animal, you're not allowed to eat the blood. You have to spill out the blood just like water. So therefore, he's telling me that just like water, I'm allowed to benefit from water. So too, I'm allowed to benefit from water. Titus teaching me that blood is the exception. Even though Titus says don't eat the blood, he only means literally the blood itself, I'm allowed to benefit. I'm allowed to eat, I'm allowed to benefit. Even though we learned earlier that the Torah only compares it to blood, to water that you spill. So only blood that you're allowed to spill. In other words, blood from chulin. Right. Blood, blood from a regular animal. But blood of holy animals, sacred animals, which you're not allowed to spill on the floor. You have to receive collect it, collect it, and, and sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle it on the altar. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. not included. Right. So maybe blood, so the, the question is the blood... The blood that flows in Nachal Kidra, and this is blood from, from a sacred blood. That blood is not included in, in, this, in this limud. This blood should also be prohibited from benefiting it. How can you say that you can sell it and you use, use it as fertilizer? What? No, it's spilled on the altar. No, it means that you have to offer it on the altar. You can't just spill it like, like, like blood, like water. Teisvah says, yeah, but since the Torah in general is telling me that by Dam Chulun I'm allowed to benefit from it, and when it says don't eat blood, it means don't eat, not benefiting. There's no separate prohibition for not eating blood of, of, of sacred blood. There's one prohibition, don't eat blood. That includes all blood. So once I learned that by Chulun, don't eat blood means only eating and not benefiting, so that also applies to the prohibition of not eating sacred blood, also is only not eating and not benefiting. Even though there is a separate prohibition that says you shouldn't eat blood, even of the country, but still, the title is Megala. One place is enough to reveal that in, when it's talking about blood, when he says don't eat, he mean it's stri- strictly limited to not eating and, and there's no prohibition on benefit. Why are you comparing it to regular water? Maybe he's comparing it to water, that you, the libation on Sukkot, the, the Nisuchamayim that you would pour on the altar. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it could be. And that you're not allowed to benefit because it's holy. Because it was, it was collected in a clay shutters, it was collected in a, in a holy vessel. And it says whoever touches it becomes holy. I'm not allowed to benefit from it. <clears throat> so the mother says, like water, most water. That's once a year on sukkahs and the altar. We're talking about most water, which is regular water. Does it say in the title, most water? It says, maybe it's talking about this type of water. He's comparing it to water that you can spill. Not like water that you don't spill. You have to collect it in a, in a special jar, collect the jar and, and pour it out carefully. You don't just spill it. So he's talking about regular water. Yeah, okay. 
Maybe it's like water that you spill in front of, in front of idols. And that, that water, you're not allowed to benefit from it. Water that was spilled in front of, poured in front of an idol is prohibited from, from benefiting it. So maybe the Tater is comparing blood to water which is, you're not allowed to benefit from it. Not only aren't you allowed to eat from it. I think your mother, that's also called not spilling on the floor. That's also done respectfully. Like nisuch, you collect it, you pour it out. It's a libation, you pour it out. You don't just spill it. Spill it means you, you just spill it out. The chesibet says, yishtu The pasuk says, of idolaters, they drink their wine of their libations. Right. Here the Torah is comparing... Here the Torah is comparing blood to regular water that's spilled out. Okay, now the Gemara is going to ask on Chizkiah. Chizkiah, according to Chizkiah, according to Chizkiah, why does the Torah compare blood to water? According to Avua, he has to teach me that just like water you allowed to benefit, so blood you allowed to benefit. According to Chizkiah, I would never think in the first place you're not allowed to benefit from blood. He doesn't say wherever the Torah says don't eat, it means automatically you're not allowed to benefit. Only by Chametz it says lo yeyachel. But other than that, eating means eating, strictly eating and not benefiting. So why does the Torah have to compare? What do I learn from the comparison of blood to water? According to Chizkel, my Yisrael is dam l'mayim. Well, the Rabbi Yehuda Abba, like we learned earlier, dam l'Rabbi Yehuda Abba, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, "Name Rabbi Yehuda, minayin l'dam kachim sheinem machshe." How do we know that holy blood does not cause food to become susceptible to impurity? You should spill it to the ground like water. When there's blood considered one of the seven liquids that cause food to be susceptible to impurity, only the type of blood that you can spill like water. But blood of a holy sacrifice, which you have to collect and you have to use it to sprinkle on the altar, you can't just let it spill on the floor. That blood is not considered like water. It's not like water. It does not cause food to become susceptible. Okay. Okay. Now the Gemara has another challenge. You're not allowed to eat. Is so with the meat. In other words, live, live meat that you cut off from a living animal, you're not allowed to eat that limb. The time that we learned, Abba Nasan name, and Abba Nasan says, "Minayin, how do we know Shali Yeshu Adam Kaziyayin Lenazir Veim Nechadam Nenayah? How do I know that I'm not allowed to facilitate a person to violate a prohibition? I can't, I can't uh, help a person, help a Nazarite, give him, uh, hand him a cup of wine so he can violate his prohibition and drink wine, or hand a non-Jew, one of the a non-Jew, one of the seven Noahide laws." Even Menachai is not allowed to eat the limb of a, of, a, of, a, of a living animal, cruelty to animals. So how do I know I'm not allowed to help him out and facilitate it? I'm not allowed to place a stumbling block before a blind person. Right. A person is about to violate a prohibition, a godly, divine prohibition. I'm helping him out. I'm placing a stumbling block in front of him. So what do we see from there? The whole prohibition is I'm not allowed to hand it to a living human being. But if I hand it to a dog, I'm allowed to. So I'm allowed to benefit from this prohibition. But the Torah says don't eat. According to Rabbi Vua, whenever the Torah says don't eat, it's not limited 
restricted to only eating, it also, it's in a broader sense, it also means don't benefit to how you're allowed to give this limb to, to animals, feed animals, feed it to animals. And for the Gemara, the answer shiny This is Ladam. A limb from a living creature is different because the Taylor compares it to blood. It says, You should strengthen yourself. Don't eat blood. Because the soul, the blood is the soul. And then immediately the title says, Don't eat the flesh, the soul with the meat. Don't eat the limb of a living animal. So just like we learned earlier, right? We learned, we derived that blood you're allowed to benefit from because the title compares blood to water, regular water you spill on the floor. So now the title is comparing a limb, a limb of a living animal to blood. So just like blood, I'm allowed to benefit from it. Therefore, the, the limb of a living animal, animal, I'm also allowed to benefit from it. Okay. Well, Chizki, according to Chizki, uh, I don't need this juxtaposition because Chizki says I would never entertain the thought in the first place that there should be a prohibition from uh, not benefiting it, not not benefiting from a, a limb of a living animal. I can feed it to my animals. I just can't help a non-Jew eat it because I can't be uh, place a stumbling block in front of a blind person. But there's no prohibition against... Uh, why would I even think there's a prohibition? The Torah says, don't need it. Eating means strictly eating, not benefiting. So according to him, why does the Torah teach me from this juxtaposition? What's the Torah coming to teach me when the Torah is juxtaposing a limb of an animal to blood? Sigmar so says, the Torah is comparing blood He's coming to compare blood from a living animal. Just like I'm not allowed to eat blood from a dead animal. So Torah is coming to teach me that also I'm not allowed to eat blood from a living animal. The is which blood the Torah prohibits. The Dama Koza. When you when you take blood, bloodlet, you, you you let blood from a living person. So which type of blood? There's four types of blood, as the Gemara tells us. When you let blood, you have, you have the blood that flows, and then you have the blood that spritzes, and then you have the blood that, that turns into black, and then you have the blood that flows. Which of these bloods is prohibited? So which blood? Only the type of blood that contains your soul. When that blood leaves, uh, your soul is flowing out of you. You can take his life. You know, if a person continues to bleed, you can lose, you can lose your life. It's only that type of blood. And there's an argument elsewhere in the Gemara which of these four bloods is included in that. So that's why the Torah is to tell me. The Torah compares the, just like you're not allowed to eat a limb from a living animal, there's also this type of blood from a living animal I'm not allowed to eat. Now the Gemara has another challenge. This is a challenge actually to everyone, both to Rabavu and both to Chizkiah. The Torah says... An animal that you have to stone, an ox, a cow or an ox, that gored a person, that killed a person, your ox killed a person. So you have to put this ox to death. You have to stone it to death. Who's that a muad? Only a muad, right. Yeah. Only if it killed three times. Right, right. Right, if it's not a muad, the traitor doesn't hold you right. responsible. It's totally unexpected. What about if it kills a person... Shredder skull is not even if it kills a person, even a tom. No, only a shredder muad that kills a person. 
only after the animal killed three times, killed the person three times, and, and still the owner, the, uh, he's already used to it, and the owner didn't protect him. I thought if it killed another animal, if no. a human, gets killed right away. No, no, if he kills, he kills a human. Here says This is not only a question on Nabavua. It says means it should include also benefiting. According to Chizki also says just like Chametz, you shouldn't do anything that will lead you to eat. You're not able to benefit from it, sell it, and with that money it's going to lead you to eat. You can buy with that money. You can buy food. And nevertheless, we learn with Tani, we learn the Braisim, we marsh, Mashinem, Sokal, Sokal, Asher. It says you have to stone the animals. Any of there, she nevela. So why does it have to tell me, don't eat it? Of course, I can't eat it. If you stone it, you didn't slaughter it, you killed it. So if you killed it, it's a carcass. Of course, I'm not allowed to eat from it. I already know I'm not allowed to eat from it. What's the Torah te- teaching me? Don't eat from it. How can I eat from it? It's not even a possibility. I stoned it. It was never slaughtered, it was killed. Yeah, but before they did the stoning. Oh, so you might answer, any dish in the veil, and the What's the coming to teach me? Don't eat it. The Pasuk is coming to teach me. What if you went ahead and slaughtered it? As soon as the court decided that this animal is going to be stoned to death, you went and quickly slaughtered it properly, glad kosher. So Tater says, you're not allowed to eat it. Also, I only know you're not allowed to eat from it. How do we know also you're not allowed to benefit from it? The Tater adds, and the owner of the ox is clean. My mashma. Well, how, do, well, how does this teach me clean means you're not allowed to benefit from it? So Shimon ben Zayma, Shimon ben Zayma, who knew how to derive things from the Pasuk, says, like someone tells his friend, he walked out clean. He was clean. You know, they cleaned him out. They cleaned him out of his bank account. He was clean. Here he has a fat cow, a fat ox, and now it's clean. He can't even benefit from it. It's gone. There's nothing you can do with it. He can't have any enjoyment, any benefit from it. That's the Braises. So what do we see from there? Time at the cost of Balshainak is only because the Pasuk tells me that the owner of the axe is clean. It's clean from his from his possession. If the Taylor would just tell me don't eat, I would only know is Rachila Mashma. I would only know you're not allowed to eat, literally you're not allowed to eat this animal that was slaughtered. But he said, I mashma, but I would not know you're not allowed to benefit from it. So the Taylor said, tell me, Balashay Naki, well, both according to Abavu and according to Chizkiya, I would know, even if the Taylor doesn't add Balashay Naki, I would know. The Taylor says, Lo yachil, you shouldn't eat, you shouldn't do anything that brings the, leads to eating, I would know you're not allowed to benefit from it. Really, Layachim means both. Don't eat and don't benefit. Why is it have to add that the owner of the ox is clean, is clean from this possession, from his possession? It's coming to teach me that he can't even benefit from the skin, from the substantial uh, skin of the animal. Titus says, don't eat. I would think don't benefit and don't eat is only the flesh. They just tell me no. Even even the hide, I can't benefit from it. It's so it works with Shimon ben He's telling us. Yeah. It's yeah. and I need because If they would just tell me don't eat the meat, I would say don't eat the meat. But the, the skin, yes. The hide, yes. Kamash malon. Taisva says, wait a minute, why does the Tate have to add meat? 
Taita should have said, don't eat, which would include everything. Don't benefit any part of the animal. Taita says, don't eat the meat. Oh, meat, but the skin, yes. So let me add the balashar naki. Don't add, say, meat and don't. In other words, the owner of the Muad animal has completely lost all benefit by the ruling of the court, right? Right. Saying it should be stoned. Okay. And okay. I, I, after I don't that, know. After there's no benefit of any kind. It's all after, lost. After see, after see what the... Uh, yeah. Answers. Answers. So what, what are you asking? After the court says stone the animal, it's Muad, you gore three times. At that point, you lose all, all, all any claim to any part of the animal. It's no longer yours in any form, shape, or not the liver, not the hide, not the this, not the that. Well, Taisa says because over there, there's other things that we learn from meat. So the Torah had to say meat to teach us other things, which the Gemara discusses elsewhere in Baba Kama. Yeah. So therefore, since the, but since the Torah said meat, I may misunderstand and say the prohibition is only on meat, but the hide, the flesh, and a lot of the benefits of Torah is to tell me that even the benefit I can't. Now the Gemara says, wait a minute. There are many, there are few Tanoim that say, well, Baal is coming to teach me other things. It's coming to teach me lechatzi koifer that you would think that just like a tam who's not a mood has to pay a half a damage. So you would think that maybe the first three times that the animal kills a person, you have to pay half a koifer. Or it comes to teach me. Ula de me vladis. Or is it like a pregnant woman? Ula de me vladis. Yeah. I need to teach me. And she miscarried. That if an animal caused a woman to miscarry, if you cause a woman to miscarry, you're obligated to pay. But if it says, if an animal comes, if an animal, if your animal causes a woman to abort her children, then you're exempt from paying. Where do they learn this from? Sigma so answers, they learn it from Nafkumami Esbasari. So according to them, where do you learn? I need the Pasuk to teach me these laws. So where do I learn that you're not allowed to benefit from the skin of the animal? Sigma so answers from Esbasari. It should have just said Psari, Layachl Basari, Layachl Esbasari, Es has a tofel of Sari. Even the part that's secondary to the flesh, which is auxiliary to the flesh, which is the skin. That's also included in the prohibition. And the one who says that we learn the prohibition from eating the hide from Balashernaki, that the owner is clean. Those who argue with those, we don't need that Pasuk to teach me that the, the owner of the axe is clean, he doesn't have to pay half a kaifer. Or the owner of axe is clean that he doesn't have to pay if his, your axe gores and causes a woman to abort or child. 
No, I need the Pasuk to teach me, Naki, that you're not allowed to even benefit from the skin. So what do I learn from S? What's S coming to teach me? You don't learn S. from the city of He used to derive and learn. Call Esm Whoever says S, he would teach. It comes to teach me something. When it says you should love Hashem, you should fear Hashem. Pidish. He says, wait a mistake. Here I can't say S means to add because there's nothing else besides Hashem. S can't come no, to derive to add. It's the definitive article. All right, only Hashem. Right. So why? So obviously, if S here doesn't come to teach me anything, no. then S anywhere in the Torah. So he had, sense, he right. had the fear of Hashem. He had the integrity and the honesty and to take true. back everything that he thought. Right. He built, he built up a whole edifice right. of S throughout the whole Torah. And he says, you know what? I take it all back. Right. I have the honesty to say I made a mistake because I can't say that. So therefore, this Tana, come, this Tana would hold also that I, S, I can't learn anything from S. So I need Obalashen Naki to teach me that the owner is clean, that he can't benefit from the skin. And he said, mm-hmm. How about all the S's that you build a whole, a whole, a whole world on those S's? Just like I received war, a reward for, for darshaning it, for learning from it, deriving things from it. I'll get reward for changing my mind and taking it all back. And he said, No, S, Rabbi Shimon was right the first time. S comes to add. What do you mean come to add? Who else are you fear besides Hashem? It comes to add. Each also fear a Talmud Chachma Torah scholar. Uh, one rabbi said jokingly, what he means is that even Torah scholars also have to fear Hashem. <laughs> anyway, so therefore we do learn S. So that's the argument whether we do learn S or we don't learn S. And, any, and it's consistent throughout the Torah. Even S. Hashem Rabbi says you can learn S. Tomorrow we'll continue Arla because it goes on, continues on to the next page. Everyone have a Freilich Chanukah.